0: Welcome to the ministry of Reverend Jerry Peinu, founder and head pastor of Disciple Nations Church, The Word Place, a 21st century chrismatic, apostolic, and evangelical ministry. Reverend Jerry Peinu is passionate about soul winning, working of miracles, and empowering believers to take their rightful place in the world. He believes that Africa must send the gospel of Jesus to every city, town, or village of the world, and thus... He is committed in doing by establishing 50,000 churches across the world in his lifetime. He is a gifted teacher of the gospel, a prophet, and an entrepreneur. He is a marketer and an investment banker by profession. He holds an MBA in marketing from the University of Cape Coast, Ghana. Now hear today's word.
1: In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. Acts chapter 10, the verse 1 to 48. there was a certain man in caesarea called cornelius a centurion of what was called the italian regiment the italian regiment a devout man and one who feared god Uh, if the bible is yours i want you to underline uh, the entire verse to a devout man and one who feared god and 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 with all his household who gave alms generously to the people and and prayed to god always so He was a devout man. Uh, He feared God Uh, with his household. uh, He gave alms generously uh, to the people. Uh, So that is very intriguing and instructive. He gave alms to the people. So it can be the people of God. It can be the poor. It can be anybody. Amen. But he gave alms. He gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. So these things uh, define... Uh, Cornelius. Uh, He was a devout man who feared God uh, with all his household. He gave alms generously to the poor and prayed to God always. Verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before god now send men to joppa and send for simon whose surname is peter he is lodging with simon Etana, and and i want you to follow this uh, carefully uh, the angel said to him that send men to joppa and send for simon whose surname is peter he is lodging with simon Etana. Verse 6 He's lodging with Simon, a Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Ditto, ditto. He will tell you what you must do. The angel gave him vivid direction to where he can locate Peter. Verse 7. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually so when he had explained all these things to them he sent them to Joppa the next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the earth. And a voice came to him, rise Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call uncommon, or you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the man who had sent from Cornelius. Uh, uh, had made inquiry for simon's house and stood before the gate and they called and asked whether simon whose name was peter was lodging there verse 19 while peter thought about the vision the spirit said to him behold three men are seeking you arise therefore go down and go with them doubting nothing for i the lord have sent them Then Peter went down to the man who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said Cornelius the centurion, a just man who fears God and has a good reputation. I want you to underline verse 22 as well. Verse 22 as well. And they said Cornelius the centurion, a just man who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Cornelius was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon a whole apostle Peter. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them. And some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Underline Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Verse 25. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. This is very interesting that a man who could see vision of angels, a man who could talk to angels, a man who could hear from God, sees another man. And did not say that, me too, I am anointed. Me too, I can hear from God. Me too, I, I am powerful. No. Even though he could hear from God, even though he could see visions of angels, even though he could fast for himself, even though he could pray on his own, when he saw Peter, the Bible says that when he met Peter, he fell down at his feet and worshipped Peter. He recognized that there are levels in life. There are levels in grace and there are levels in anointing. The fact that me too I can hear, the fact that me too I can see, does not mean that Peter is my cool. The fact that God can, can, can instruct me divinely to summon Peter to appear before me, does not mean that Peter it's my coyuko does not mean that Peter is my age mate, does not mean that Peter is a nobody. The father Peter could live where he was and come to me because I sent for him. Does not mean that Peter is a nobody. He recognized the grace on Peter. May God help our generation. Our generation is the generation that has no respect for the anointing. Yeah, we have no respect. No, we have no respect. We have no respect for the grace on people's lives. We have no respect. May God help us. I said, may God help us. But Peter lifted him up, saying, stand up. I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Okay, verse 28. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for I asked them for what reason have you sent for me so Cornelius said and I want you to analyze verse 30 four days ago I was fasting until this hour and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house I did what I was fasting four days ago I was fasting Until this hour, and at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, so the guy was fasting, and alone in his house, he was praying. How can you fast without praying? It is only our generation. said, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Jopa and call Simon here. Whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, Etana, by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things, all the things commanded you by God. They were in his house and yet he says that we are present before God. 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Underline that one. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. Verse 35 to underline. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. Verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through jesus christ he is lord of all that word you know which was proclaimed through all judea and began from galilee after the baptism which john preached how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for god was with him and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the jews and in jerusalem whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly not to all the people but to witnesses chosen before by God even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. And align verse forty-three. Remember that Cornelius had gathered his family and his close friends in his house, and he says that we are before God. Verse forty-four. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard. Word while he was still speaking, in other words, proud to him speaking, the Holy Spirit had not come upon them. Bible says that all those who heard the word, including Cornelius, who could have a vision of an angel and hear the angel give prophecy, the Holy Spirit had not come upon him. The Holy Spirit had not come upon him, and yet he could have a vision. Interesting. Interesting. Verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So it means that those who came with Peter did not believe that the Holy Spirit could also come upon Gentiles. Amen? It was not the norm. It was abnormal. For the Holy Spirit, as a matter of fact, when you read further, later on, when the other apostles heard what has happened, they wanted to criticize Peter. And Peter said, who am I? If God has chosen to give you the Holy Spirit, am I in the place of God to say no? Amen? Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and always say amen. amen. To this morning, I want to preach to you a sermon I've entitled, How Different is Our Christianity? How different is our Christianity? Friends, we read about Cornelius. The Bible says that Cornelius was a soldier, a centurion. He was a soldier. He was not a preacher like I'm doing now. He was a soldier. He was a commander in the army with soldiers under him. And yet Cornelius could pray. Cornelius could fast. And Cornelius could hear God speak to him. Cornelius was a giver. And yet Cornelius was not born again. At the time Cornelius said that I was fasting and praying in my house and I saw a man who was bright and the man told me to send for Peter Cornelius had not received the Holy Ghost the man was not born again but the man could see visions the man could receive prophetic instructions the man could receive divine instruction as a matter of fact I like what his soldiers said to Peter He said, our master received a divine instruction from an angel to summon you. A man who was not born again. A man who was yet to receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized. Angels could talk to him. Angels could visit him. The man was not born again. The man didn't know Christ. The man was serving a God he did not know. And yet, this man could have an encounter with a god he didn't know as a matter of fact when the angel appeared to him the bible said that he asked the angel what is it because he has not seen such an experience before the gentiles have not seen anything like that before even among the gentiles there was one who could have an encounter with god yet he was not born again the man was not born again and i keep asking myself this is a generation that claims we have received the holy Ghost. this is the generation that claims we speak in tongues this is the generation that has been baptized in water this is the generation that hears the gospel every day either on radio either on social media either in church this is the generation so when was the last time you had an angelic encounter what is wrong what what is wrong is it that our Jesus is different from the Jesus we read about in the Bible? Is it, our, is it that our Holy Spirit is different from the Holy Spirit we read about in the Bible? The Holy Spirit that the early disciples received, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he is different from the Holy Spirit that we receive in our generation. Is that the case? Is it that our Holy Spirit is imported from China and theirs from a different country? What is the issue? What is the issue? How come people who were not born again people who had not received the holy ghost could have divine encounter could have angelic visitation could receive prophetic instructions ditto ditto what you will call ditto ditto a man who was not born again had same. and for your information it didn't come from a familiar spirit it came from god so this challenges the theology that if anybody who is prophesy? Who is not born again? Might be using a familiar spirit. This challenges that theology. I said, "What? Well, this challenges that theology." The man didn't know Christ. The man had not received the Holy Ghost. No gentile had had an encounter with an angel yet. Cornelius had an encounter. So I, I have been asking myself questions: That God, what is wrong with our generation? What is wrong with my generation? Why? Why are we not seeing the glory of God in our generation? Why is it that for a sick to be healed we must scream and scream and scream and scream and yet the sick will not be healed? Why? Why Why is it that we come to church and, and we come in our sins and we leave church in our sins? Why? Why? What is wrong in our generation? Why? Why? Why is it that we must be chased before we come to church? Why? There is something wrong. Tell your neighbor there is something wrong. There is something wrong. There is something wrong. Oh, If a man who didn't know Christ, if a man who was not born again, if a man who didn't have the Holy Spirit, if a man who was not baptized, if a man who didn't have a preacher like me to preach to him would have an angelic visitation, you who have been listening to me every now and then, how come no angel has visited you yet? How? How come we claim we are born again and, 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 and children of the devil come into our lives, date us, and dump us and go away? Why? Why? What is wrong with our generation? It is sad. It is sad. I read this scripture and I cry. I cry because I want more of God. I cry because if somebody who was not born again, somebody who didn't have the spirit I have, Somebody who, who uh, 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 didn't know Christ like I do could have such an encounter. How come I claim that I have received Christ? I claim that I have received the Holy Ghost. And yet, nothing is happening in my life. How? Why? I want to tell you six things about Cornelius and possibly about the disciples of old because Cornelius is a typical example of the disciples of old. Number one, Cornelius was a devout man. The word devout is the same for commitment. He was a committed religious fellow. He didn't know Christ. And yet, he was committed to the God he knew. So Cornelius, the Bible says that he was a devout man. Very committed religious person. Very, very committed. And it was so evident, even when he invited Peter, When he saw Peter, the Bible says that he went on his knees, fell on his knees and worshipped Peter. He was a religious, committed religious man. Very committed. When he heard Peter was coming, he gathered people and he said that we are before God. We are not in my house. Very committed religious man. Very, very committed. He was a devout man. Number two, he instructed his family in the ways of God. The Bible says that when he heard Peter was coming, he gathered his family and close friends. As a matter of fact, he said that a devout man and, and, and one who fears God with all his household, he did not leave his household. Cornelius should not be praying and leave his children to go to the park to go and play. If I am praying, you will pray. We don't know what you are praying about but we will pray. You don't know the God you are praying to but you will pray. Cornelius was somebody who instructed his children in the ways of God. He instructed his children in the ways of God. Cornelius, number three. Cornelius feared God. No, Swoonya me. Papa can yekana semu no. Bible says no, me. Cornelius feared God. He feared God. Oh, he feared God. He feared God. He knew the commandments and he religiously. Obey them. He feared God. Cornelius would not fornicate, he would not commit adultery. The man feared God. He would take bribe, he feared God. He feared God. He would not disrespect a fellow human being. He would not lie, he feared God. The Bible says that he feared God, a devout man, and one who feared God. He feared God. He feared God. No, Sonya me. No, Sonya me. Number four. Cornelius was a giver. And this until you can read the bible the, the disciples of old they were givers when people become born again they sell their belongings lay them at the feet of the apostles so the apostles will share among people who had need in the church such that there was none in the church that had need so Cornelius is a typical example the, the disciples of old and yet he didn't know your Jesus he did not know your Jesus he did not have your holy spirit at the time all these credentials were written about him, the man he didn't know your Jesus. He didn't have your Christ. He didn't have a preacher in his life. And yet he was a giver. He was a giver. He gave alms to the poor. He gave to the temple so the priest would be taken care of. So the temple would be kept together. Number five Cornelius was prayerful. He was a man of prayer. He didn't need anybody to motivate him to pray. Cornelius was prayerful. In his house, he prayed. Number six. Cornelius fasted. Can you imagine? The one who didn't have any pastor to tell him that we are fasting 40 days, fasted. And prayed. The one who said that I am born again, I have Christ in me. I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have been baptized in water. Doesn't want to fast. Cornelius fasted. Why won't he see God? With all these credentials, why won't Cornelius see God? Why? Now let's talk about today's Christian. How different is our Christianity? Number one, today's Christian is not committed to God. Cornelius was a devout man, a, 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 a religiously committed man today's christian is not committed to god one bit and yet he wants to see the glory of god today's christian is not committed he's not committed to god he's not committed to the things of god he's not committed to his own spiritual life he's not today's christian and as i'm preaching i know you'll be examining yourself ask yourself are you committed to god how regularly do you do your quiet time today's christian today's christian does not even believe in quiet time today's christian i am telling you 21st century tongue believing demon casting out christian doesn't believe in quiet time Or sorry i'm umpire or sorry i already bible he doesn't have time to spend with god that's today's christian for you he is not committed to god he is not committed to his spiritual life he is not committed to church today's christian is not committed to anything god and yet he's a christian if i should ask when was the last time you, you even shared the gospel with somebody? When Colonius heard that the Apostle Peter was coming to his house, he guarded people. When was the last time you gathered people? That, oh, somebody is coming to visit. The person is a pastor. So you come. At least when he comes, he will share something with us. When was the last time you did that? Okay, let's even put that one aside. When was the last time you invited somebody said, I am going to church. Follow me to church and hear God's word. When was the last time you did that? What was the last time we said church is going to evangelism? Even this once a month uh, outreach we've been doing going to distribute flies. Some of you ran away. Today's Christian, I don't know. I don't know. How can we see the glory of God when we are not committed to God and the things of God? How? How can you see visions of angels? You come to church and pray, God, I want to see angels. I want... For what? No, you will see angels for what? Why do you want to see angels? Some of you, your, your concept of open heavens is breakthrough, financial prosperity. The first time the heavens opened upon Jesus, the Bible he saw angels ascending and descending. True of us. True of us. But you see, when we say open heavens, you all you think about is that my financial breakthrough is coming. Prosperity. Once you hear open heavens, then link the only link you make to open heavens is financial prosperity. When the heavens open, read the Bible. Jesus saw angels. He did what? He saw angels. When the heavens opened upon Cornelius, he saw angels. Angels! God is more committed to your spiritual life than what you want to receive from Him materially. You are not committed to God. Whatever we say that do so it will enrich your spiritual life, you won't do. And yet you want to exchange kaba, yaba, kaba. To your commitment to God. Some of you, the only commitment you have to God is that you've been doing Kaba, Yaba, Kaba. That is the only commitment you have. You don't have. If we go to heaven round, you have no credential in heaven. The only credential you have in heaven is that you've been doing Kaba, Kaba. That is the only credential you have. That's the only credential you have. Number two, today's Christian, though born again, does not fear God. Oh, today's Christian doesn't fear God. How can we see the glory of God? If you like, pastor, make a mistake and leave your naked wife with him. He, her. Christian! To me. Today's Christian doesn't fear God. Even the pastor himself doesn't fear God, how much more the Christian? The church member. If you want the people who can lie, pow, lie, lie, pow, eh? in our world today, eh, Christians, Christians, they can lie. Sometimes Christians can lie, and the devil himself will be shocked. Sometimes the devil wonders, so this one who is inspiring him to lie that way, because we have known that the devil is a liar, and he's the father of all liars. But some of you, the devil has disowned you because your lies are beyond him. Say mercy. Today's Christian doesn't fear God. Oh shona me, yeah, oh shona me Oh, sorry. Hey, I oh, was sorry, follow Today's Christian doesn't fear God. He is fornicating. He is committing adultery. He is a drunkard. He is night clubbing. He is worshiping idols. I am giving you the credentials of today's Christian. Today's Christian. Look, when 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 you you put. An unbeliever, you call an unbeliever and you call a Christian, you will see the difference today's Christian. Eh? If the unbeliever is wearing a skirt that is here, and you think it is short, wait till you see the born again, Christian. His pant her pant is showing. She's born again. Oh, she is born again. Born again, if if you dare say pray in tongues, she'll shock you with her pants that is the kind of christians we are raising and we tell them that there is nothing wrong with it do you hear those things huh that is the genesis of the problems we have so the pastor who is a male is wearing earring because he said he wants to attract people who wear earrings what kind of is this i mean what kind of is this and that is the kind of christians we have you talk about it you see Holier than thou. So a lot of pastors are afraid to touch on what I'm touching on, because they will descend on you, they will come after you, they will criticize you. But you see, I'm preaching the gospel. Say, won te me en kase you are born again now. Obo Jamae enyenya mi sum papa no no. They said enyenya mi sum papa no no. No enkamu Jamae bo enyenya mi sum enkamu en sanom enkamu. Lies, but that is a Christian. We don't fear anything, we don't fear God. If you don't fear God, it's the pastor you respect. That is why divorce eh, is on the increase. It is believed that the divorce rate is higher among Christians. Yes, I'm telling you. Do you know the problem? The problem is that in I said, What? Yeah, look, I, I I pray for the day where believers will truly fear God. Yeah. Say, yeah. if you are giving the person, it's, that's also your Christian, the person will have no fear. Today, there are Christians that their wives cannot take their phones. Phone! If you don't, phone! Say, what is it? What is on the phone? what is on the phone that is the Christians we have and they will tell you that I want my privacy why did you marry no why did you why did you why did you there are Christians here and they can't leave their phones for their children no matter how hard the, the, the child will cry because mommy might chance upon something so on or, or yes skip it Phone skip it or skip you Foolish at the bottom. So, our baby not say the falling ring here or the hundred meters. What kind of Christianity is this? We are insulting our parents. Huh? Hello? You are insulting because a prophet told you that your mother is a witch. So, you are insulting your mother because the prophet said he is a witch. She's a witch. And this is the Christianity we have. You disrespect your father because somebody told you something about your father, or your father even did something to you. The Christians we have today. You see, some of you, because of you, people have vowed not to come to church. If this person goes to church, I don't want to be born again. Today's Christians. Mm, I'm telling you, we don't fear God. You are a young lady, if you make a mistake, the pastor will sleep with you. Yes, I'm telling you, not this pastor, God forbid. Where, where will I meet you? Where? No way.? Huh? Where? go I no But I'm telling you that's the reality. That is the reality. The pastor doesn't fear God. So, the church members see that oh, even pastor is doing it. So, if the pastor is sleeping with her, now the choir leader wants to sleep with her. But the pastor himself does it. In the choir master, the young and when it comes to the attention of the pastor, the pastor cannot talk about it, but he himself is guilty. This is the kind of Christian we have today. The color kind of Christian that says that, that that is wearing white robe. And yet her spirit huh, is dirty. Her clothes is white robe. She's not wearing slippers because she has been told that she must be holy. She's not wearing earring, but He uh, He's not wearing earring. He's not wearing jewelries. He's not wearing slippers. But he will go, she will go and lie with a man she's not married to, sleep with him, do all the dirty things. When she's done, she will put on her robe. And then they have something around their neck, uh, their waist. Tie it nicely. What you see, you think you have seen the holy person. I am telling you, I am telling you, don't be deceived. Appearance can be deceptive. That's today's Christian. But God is looking for people who serve him in truth and in spirit. Are you here with me god is going to reveal himself to people who genuinely fear him i am telling you eh? you have no idea what god can do in your life there are a lot of people today innocently they are in churches that are glorified shrines also now mo a software no akwaje aduro some person saw in here keshere he want crowd he want to buy cars he want houses then innocently why because one ca saw crowd nyame some one npo enye papa he say who call bu sofia crampo a you don't know you don't know amen so we don't fear god elders don't fear god pastors don't fear god dickies don't fear god Church workers, church workers are sleeping among themselves. Yes, that's what, it. Is all over the place. They are gossiping, stealing, lying. They don't fear God, and yet they will come and sit down and fill the church because all the pastor wants is that the place be full. Let the place be full. What you are doing with your life, the pastor doesn't care. Number three, today's Christian does not pray. Oh, today's Christian is not prayerful. Oh, today's Christian does not pray. He doesn't. Ah, how many Christians today, on their own, alone in their house, will wake up and pray? If I go to the park a lot to go and pray, eh, the number of individuals I see is eh, limited. Most of the people who gather at the park, they come in groups. I don't look at those ones. So I look at the individuals alone who come. They are the ones I said, Oh, okay, this one. There, is, there are some two ladies. Almost all the time, I will see them. And Charlie, it is not all this your dada b prayers. no. And I mean, beautiful ladies. One well, of these is how I will engage them. They come. They don't know themselves. They come individually. Charlie, come, Solona. Hey, Charlie. This is the fire. But it is not today's Christian. Oh, no, no, no. Today's Christian want the prophet to give her a prophetic direction so that she'll go and continue in her adultery and fornication and stealing. That's today's Christian for you. It's to say that I am praying on my own, like I woke up this dawn. Oh, today's Christian. Oh, no, no, no. When was the last time I'm talking to you now. When was the last time you got up all alone, went to a place to say, I'm going to pray for two hours. So you see, it's the kind of christians we are raising and these are the same people that even in the church we say we are praying they won't come and yet we say we want to see the glory what what glory do you want to see what power do you and you and you say that uh, we want to revive how can they be a reviver without people who are praying they can never take it for me they can never be reviver if the people are not praying never never Revival must be called by men of prayer read through the bible revival. Even for Jesus to be born, there were people who had devoted themselves to praying that the Jesus, the Savior be born. There can't be a revival without prayer for people. Then there are people in the church. They are born again. They won't pray. Cornelius said that I was praying alone in my house. In my house. Very instructive. Somebody who didn't have the Holy Spirit was praying alone in his house. You have the Holy Spirit. When was the last time? When? Was the last time you said they were praying on your own? When Some of you, I know, a lot of you here, even this morning, before coming to church, you didn't even say five minutes prayer for pastor. That pastor, God, as pastor is coming to preach, I pray that your power will rest upon him, that he will speak your word without fear or favor, that you will anoint him, you will deliver him. from. What? Even this, what was the last time you woke up Sunday and you said two minutes of prayer for the pastor, and yet we say, We are not seeing the glory of God. We are not seeing the power of God. How can we see the power of God when you you have taken yourself out? How? Hmm? Today's Christian does not fast. That's the next one. Even corporate fast. We've been coming to church to pray every day. I can count the number of people who come and pray. I can count. And that is the Christians we have. And they don't want us to talk about it. They don't want the pastor to preach about it. How can you grow in the Lord? How can you be empowered? And let me tell you this. You see, accepting Christ does not over, uh, uh, automatically give you power over demons and principalities. And you're automatic. So, I would say that work out your own salvation with fear. And I always say that submit to God. Submit, do what? Submit to God. Resist the devil. You cannot resist the devil until you are totally submitted to God. He said, submit to God. Then after you are submitted to him, resist the devil, and the devil will do what? He will flee from you. James 4, 7. Submit yourself, down to God. The word submit means that surrender. Surrender your will. Surrender your soul. Surrender your body. Surrender your spirit. Everything about you, Submit. You cannot be submissive and not be prayerful. Oh no. You cannot claim you are you are submissive to God and not live a holy life. What kind of submission is that? Submission comes with purity, holiness and righteousness. You can't say that I am submitted to God and yet you are fornicating. You are committing adultery. You are lying. You are stealing. You are doing all the bad things. Then he said, because I am born again, the blood will speak for me. It is the blood of a cockroach that will speak for you. The blood of a cockroach. I am born again. You are born again. Thank God you are born again. But the life you are living, is it an example of somebody who is born again? When we see you, do we see somebody who is born again? What do we see? When we see you, I said it earlier. Some of us, even people who are not born again, in appearance, they look better than us. People trust unbelievers than they trust us. What a shame. What a shame. There are some of you, you have no problem with your health. No doctor has said thing to you. I am telling you. No doctor has said thing to you. You don't have any problem. You don't have ulcer. You don't have anything. Just that you are a foodian. Smonyini. Ezebayan. ZZ
0: they are fasting and say
1: hey. some of you it is during fasting that your sicknesses come up w- when you hear fasting the sudden you remember that ah nah, I'll be having issue you you never remember until fasting is announced so even if corporate fasting you are able to find reasons not to fast I can imagine on your own whether you will fast some of you until the church that's why me you see when we come to church i read long i can preach without all the long scriptures i read though because that's why i ask you to underline those are the things i need i can just come pick those things and preach myself and go away but because i know that on your own the bible if the bible you never read some of you throughout the week you never open your bible to even read one verse until you come to church so when you come i'll let you read long verses the whole chapter and sometimes I can even add more chapters. We'll read and read, then I'll preach from just few verses. The same way, fasting. I say, Yeah, yeah, 40 days. But some of you I know after 40 days, every 40 days go in here. Yeah. So once you do 40 days, move. <laughs> once we do 40 days, you are waiting for the next one. 14 days. And you 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 know the calendar. So, okay, the next one will be around June. And then sometimes you are thinking, crack, can I forsake? <laughs> fasting is for your own good it is for your own good cornelius fasted and he saw an angel do you know what it means it means that fasting can bring down the presence of god into a man's life whether you know god or not if you fast and your intention is right and you want to know the true god he will show himself. In, in other words, even if a Muslim is fasting and his fasting is not unto his tradition, his religion, but that he wants to know the true God, God will show himself. Haven't you read that Muslims encountered Jesus and the God born again? Fasting is a spiritual exercise that brings divinity into your humanity. Write it down. It's a spiritual exercise that brings divinity into your humanity. Fasting Today's Christian doesn't want to fast. that is why. We are not seeing the glory of God. This, this, this is the difference between the Christians, the disciples we read about in the... You read that the, 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 the aprons of Peter uh, uh, could, could raise the dead, heal the sick. You, re, you read that the apostles could, could raise the dead. They could heal the sick. They could cast out devils. And sometimes you are wondering, it is not special law. Oh, it is just that what they did in their days, we are not ready to do. We are not. We are not. We are not ready. I'm telling you, we are not. The pastor is not ready. Church members are not ready. And so God is looking at them. God is waiting and saying that when you are ready, I will move. When you are ready, I will move. And that is what God is saying. When you are ready, I will move. When you are ready, I will move. And guess what? We are not ready. Oh, we are not ready. Let me ask you. When on your own did you go out to say, I am going to preach? Sometimes when I'm studying there and young guys are passing, I will call them, talk to them, and say, come to church. When was the last time you even somebody and and share the gospel with the person. Finally, today's Christian is not a giver. Now let me tell you how you can know somebody who is not spiritual. The easiest way to know somebody who is not spiritual is is to see somebody who doesn't give. Do you know that in almost every religion, giving is a necessary requirement? Do you know? Islam, Buddhism, name them. Even the Satanists, they give. Sometimes, those who go to the shrines. They will tell them, buy something and share. Why? And sometimes they come and give to you. You also receive. Bad luck. buy something and share. Why should I buy something and share when I have a problem? The fetish priest said, buy. And oh, God help our children. Sometimes they say, buy toffee and share to children. And they also go and buy. They tell them, buy toffees. Share. For what people are giving things, especially in families, to children. But guess what? The Christian. The Christian will not do it. There are people around the Christian who is hungry. The Christian doesn't care. Today's Christian doesn't care to have food in excess for the food to spoil. And he will gladly pack the food in a polythene and go and put it in the dustbin. And he will be preaching. I said, by the grace of God i have someone to eat that sometimes we put it in the dustbin. this is to this christian yeah he doesn't give he sees that the pastor's shoe is not nice he won't buy he will gossip to this christian and fan hmm, you have so much there are people around you there there are, there are clothes that you bought and, and the clothes were smaller than your size and guess what because you give it to somebody we say <laughs> Messily, me. I'm We eh, a sum. We, 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 I'm a to mention a party. We, but sorry, Offer one, two. And yes, can only be you will be pa. As I said, to me, a dead into offering some of tight since we joined church yeah, three years in the tight one month crown tree. And today's Christian thing is that when I give, I'll be poor. When I give what I have, I'll be poor. Amen. Today's Christian thing is that when I give, I'll be poor. My money will finish what i have will finish who told you no who told you bible says that there is he who gather it yet scatter it that the father you are trying to gather doesn't mean that you have in abundance abundance is of the lord bible says that as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest time shall never cease harvest is not as a result of gathering harvest is as a result of sowing seeds there is one who scatters, Proverbs eleven twenty four, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to what? Poverty! Listen, there can never be harvests without sowing. Harvest is as a result of sowing. Any day, any time. Harvest is not as a result of gathering. How can you gather when there is nothing to gather? You only gather after you have planted something. Into the earth. But today's Christian, oh there be offering I won't give. Tithe I won't pay. We are going to do something for the poor. You care, I don't care. Today's Christian. How can this change? Verse 34 to 35 of Acts chapter 10. How can this change? How can we change and behave like the Christians of old? So we too will see the glory of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. six. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. How can this change? Number one, you must understand that God is not partial. God did not give you a different spirit from what he gave the disciples of old. God is no respecter of persons. God does not intend to use somebody better than you. So God is not partial. So if we are not seeing... The power of God at work, like we read about in the Bible. If we are not seeing the glory of God in the church, like we read about in the it is not because God is partial. No, God is not partial. Number two, we must fear God. Genuine fear for God. I'm talking about genuine fear. Not all these fake things we do in town. That you genuinely fear God. Before you do something, you ask yourself, what would Jesus have done? This thing I'm doing, is it right before God? You ask yourself. Will God be pleased with this thing? This decision I want to take, will God be happy? Will God be pleased? Is it right before God? Ask yourself. Genuine fear for God is what will bring the revival that we need. Genuine fear. Genuine fear. Number three, righteousness. The Apostle said about in every nation, whoever fears God and works righteousness. Works. Righteousness is accepted by him. Works. Works works righteousness, that we live a righteous life, that we live a holy life, that we live a life that is worthy of our calling as Christians, that we don't only present ourselves as Christians deceiving others, but that genuinely within us, we are born again and we are living a life that is acceptable by God, that we are not living dual lives because most of us what we are in public is different from what we are in reality far different there are pastors who are preaching their own wives don't believe in what they are doing because before they came to church i should throw beer and you know and you're yeah, easy so. i should throw more so, god, god will do what which god the god has loves. this morning i pray that what i've come to share with you that god will touch your hearts that God will help all of us, including myself. That our lives be pleasing unto him. That we will genuinely fear him. That we will live righteous lives. That our Christianity will be the same the Christianity of old. That the things we read about in the Bible, that in our days, we will also see them. That a time is coming, generations after us will testify that we lived for God. We serve God. And because of us, they are blessed. May this prayer be activated in your life, and may you see the glory of God. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Reverend Jerry Penu. For more information about our ministry, kindly visit our website at www.disciplenationchurch.org or call us on zero two four four seven three three six five nine. Locate the workplace of Disciple Nations Church. At Official Town Market near the Bonnie Ben Building or Sadiba Electronics in Accra. God bless you.